Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. 
We don't have Andy here to say his traditional top of the morning to you on Saturday mornings. So we, and and normally it's Pete and I, and we will start off by just saying, hey, isn't it great that Andy isn't here? But I don't even have Pete here. I've got Rob and Kyle here. So we get to do whatever we want. Oh, man. It's like it's like the parents are away and they left us 20 bucks for pizza. Exactly. But it's still a sat mat. So there's some things that we have to do. But yeah, you guys were guests uh, a couple months ago, I, I want to say, before the Marvel movie minute Hulk, you know, got series got got going. But it's great to have you guys here on the sat mat. Oh, so, late. Usually yes. we're, we're first thing in well, the morning. Well, no, this this is this is Saturday morning, guys. <laughs> Saturday it's morning? Saturday morning. Saturday. Oh, I guess Saturday no, Yeah. Early. Yeah, we're we're recording very early on a Saturday morning. Oh, you make me get up this early <laughs> on a Saturday morning because it's Saturday matinee. And of course I knew the name of the show that I was on. Yes. I mean yes. I was just testing you, Steve. <laughs> And now I know yes. that you, you, you've passed my test. So you, were, I officially grant you title <laughs> of guest host. You're I, it is. I don't usually, it's usually Pete's running the thing or, you know, or Andy and I would occasionally have the opportunity to abscond with the keys to the kingdom. But this is my first time, like, yeah, I got my big boy podcasting pants oh, on. And, running the big board? And, yeah, I get I don't know. I'm doing something with the big board. I'm pushing the buttons. I hope everything's. For six, man. Pretend like you're in charge. We don't know what we're doing over here. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, we, we can start. We'll, we'll start talking about news. How about that? That's we okay. can start hey, talking about all the stuff that's been happening in, in in the world out there, and the the first one that uh, I mean, it seems like everybody wants to talk about this Hamilton thing. Are you guys Hamilton fans? Have oh you... yes. Okay. Uh, no, I'm I'm not quite yet. I right. I because I haven't seen it, and I and I even uh. though I've listened to the soundtrack and I and I somewhat enjoyed it. I'm a big musical theater buff, and I don't get the music until I've seen it. Mm. Actually acted out. So I'm just that, enjoying the fact I was, that I won't I was, have to watch my bootleg a hundred more times. I can actually. Oh, there watch you the go. Well, I was going to say, uh, Rob. You know, music. You know, goes into your ears, and that's how that's how you enjoy <laughs> oh, that. No, <laughs> it's I an need, auditory thing. No, I, I. When it comes to musical theater, I need to. I need to have the connection between the visual and the audio. And that's oh, why okay. you love the Cats movie so much. I actually okay. We weren't supposed to bring that up. I teed you up. I did. My daughter enjoyed it. We were thoroughly entertained. That's fine. Are you not entertained? That's, I mean, that's come the on. That's movie, right? That, it, they you know, they could have used the, the buttholes, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, the buttholes <laughs> would have made it better, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But, I mean, uh, you know, Who I've had that experience. Tech? Yeah, Andy's had that experience when you watch a movie that's, you know, maybe not something you would appreciate on your own, but you've got a family member that's maybe younger and you just sort of put yourself into their place and watch it with them. And you appreciate it at a different level versus the, I'm a crotchety old man that's movie right. critic and I'm going to watch this movie and I'm going to hate on it. He's just like, no, I'm going to let my inner kid out and I'm going to just have fun with this ridiculous romp. Sure. You're okay, so, to do that. so let me just let me just add to this. Just know this. Kyle already knows this. The last two weekends in a row, here's the movies that I've introduced my 17-year-old daughter to. Oh, yes. Not in any particular order. <laughs> Animal House and Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. All right. Yeah. <laughs> He's working on an nice. inappropriate father-daughter film festival? Yes. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. where my wife just gets to sit there on the couch and go... <laughs> <laughs> Next up, audition. <laughs> Maybe old boy? Huh? I, okay. <laughs> Let's just... <laughs> ourselves <laughs> we're, we're gonna get there just not okay. yet anyway. all right 
No, that's, so that, Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton, yes, yes, this is a big deal. Huge, yes. awesome. Huge, awesome so, deal. So you're the musical theater person. Yeah, see, I'm excited because this is what I'd always like hoped for that they would do this thing where it's the original cast on Broadway. It's not like a movie, you know, translation of it because that's. I still haven't seen the most recent whatever Into the Woods. I fell in love with Into the Woods with the whole Bernadette Peters, you know, oh, yeah. that, oh, that version. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's what I want to see is I, if if everybody talks about how great this original cast is, yeah. that's the experience I want to have. Right. And I'm thrilled right. that I get to have it. And now I get to have it like a whole like year early because it was supposed to be like next year sometime. And now it's Disney Plus on July 3rd. I know it's one of those things where as a movie fan, you, you get anxious. You hear about a thing and you like one thing. But it this made me quadruple anxious because I know how long ago they filmed this. So it's like, you've had it. Like, it's just been sitting in a vault. <laughs> yes. Like, I understand ticket sales and touring casts and all this stuff, but, like, to know, it's, it's, I mean, it's this isn't the day the clown cried. I mean, this is, it's sitting, it's just, it's, it's sitting there. Like, there, <laughs> there's a DVD, there's a Blu-ray just burned somewhere in the Disney vault. You can just play it. So, yeah, so this makes me very happy that we don't have to wait another year beyond well, where we were before. I, I think what Disney did is they sort of did their whole, like, analysis of, like, okay, what's our box office potential? How do we offset this? Well, if we put the Hamilton thing out on Disney+, Plus, subscriptions are going to go through the roof because people that aren't Star Wars fans, people that aren't Marvel fans, that are Hamilton fans, they're going to sign up and pay their whatever a month. They would probably pay 20 bucks a month to see they get that chance to see their Hamilton. So I think Disney said, let's make sure we we even out this year and we'll we'll throw it on the Disney Plus. And, and I will and go, and get realize there. what's the only thing in our company that's making money right now? Yes. All right. <laughs> Merch and Disney Plus. So Exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that have been in the vault for a while and in the Disney vault no less for at least a year, we're gonna talk about well, does it finally get a release date? New Mutants, which was originally supposed to be released in twenty eighteen. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. This the story came out. It says uh, New Year's has a release date, and I and I posted it and said, "But does it? Right. <laughs> Is it really coming? I mean, like I I've been so excited about this since I first heard about it when they when they first started filming it in like what 2016. Yeah, like I've been following this story. I just I just it's the little movie that can't get released. It just. <laughs> It just bounces around. I feel so bad. I just wish they would do the thing they did with Trolls World Tour and Invisible Man and put it out for 20 bucks for pay-per-view or, or put it on Hulu or all the streaming ways they can put it out there. Just, for God's sakes, just release it. Like Yes. <sighs> so I, I got a bad feeling, man. August is going to come and go. And I, I don't. <laughs> well, and it's, it's the anticipation factor now of everybody's been waiting so long and I don't. I don't know that there's a lot of hype around it, but there's just this anticipation, and then it leads to rumors about why. You know, first it was, you know, it got sort of lost in the shuffle of the Disney takeover of Fox, and then it was, well, is Disney going to want to be associated with this? So, are they holding it back so they can Disneyfy it a little bit? Is it too dark? Is it is it too intense? And they're going to lighten it up, but how, you know, the director said no, he was completing his version of this. So now it's, oh, is Disney going to really be associated with something? You know, this really. Really yeah, because it's dark. R. It's an R. Yes. It's, it's, yes. I mean, but um, 
uh, uh, in Discord, I think uh, JJ posted a link to a you know a, a satirical article that said the X Men fans, young and old alike, were treated to a surprise this week when the cast of New Mutants reunited on Zoom to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the film still not being released. <laughs> Oh, that's what it feels like sometimes. And, and this must be quadruply frustrating for them. Because it's oh, like, oh, yeah. I, I, can't, I, I can't wait till they have to do press and they'd be like, mm-hmm. what? When was this? When, when was, was this? I, was yes. I still shooting Game of Thrones when this was filmed? Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Right? Like, like the Night King was still alive when they were shooting this. <laughs> it's but, the equivalent of, uh, it's like the film version of Vaporware. It's just yeah. rumored to be out <laughs> right? there. Is yeah. it ever going to show up? One Maybe? of my friends referred to it as the Chinese democracy of movies for all the <laughs> oh, wow. fans out there. <laughs> Well, this is a movie, though, that obviously has just fallen in the crack of the uncertainty about movie theaters in general, right? Yes. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. and, and this is that one, you know, whether it's this or Artemis Fowl, like, you know, as Disney mm-hmm. starts to look at their schedule and says, okay, where do we cut losses? Where do we try to pump up the Disney Plus numbers? Right. Um, there must be, it seems odd because this seems like something that is perfect for an early release on Disney Plus. Well, but it's an right? R. Well, it's an R. It's an R movie. Oh, because though. oh, because there's no. Uh, <laughs> and, and, also, like, and also, you'll notice there are no X Men movies on Disney yes. Plus as well, even though yes. technically they own that and they can put it out too. We like, we've talked about this on on uh, Road to Infinity on a number of times too. Like, it seems that the next step for Disney Plus is to put an age gate and to have yeah. the rest of those things because to the fact they got this the fantastic streaming service, they have all the Die Hard movies, they have all the Alien movies, and. No place to put so them. Is nobody seriously just thinking, okay, here's what we're gonna do. It's gonna be called Walt's Closet. <laughs> you, you have to you have to do right, right, left, select, select when you're in the Disney Plus app. It it slides in from the side, uh-huh. and then you just put all those rated R stuff in there and, and like the, you use this as like your temple, like, oh, look to to celebrate the opening of the closet, right? Like, do you, how, what would that do to Disney Plus? You numbers? Just hold up your Apple TV remote and say Higgitus, figgitus. And then all of a sudden it opens up and there's all this other no, stuff it's there. No, it's a QR code and you have oh. to tie your phone to it yes. and you scan it. <laughs> through, the Disney, through the Disney Plus app. Yes. Anyway. Well, I, I mean, they Disney does own Hulu. And so that's where I'm thinking... Yeah. Th- they that's their outlet right there is is Hulu you yeah. can because Hulu's got everything in there um and the, they it seems like Hulu at least has been branching out with original content all of that they've got their uh this series with Nick Offerman devs which is life at, like FX on Hulu uh mm-hmm. so there's there's lots of you know potential for just finding the right way to get it out there. Uh, and I right. think it, that would create enough distance from the Disney brand. Uh, Cause I know that's the thing is like Disney doesn't want to, you know, be affiliated with Die Hard and you know, all that, those, those darker materials, but why not do it on Hulu? I, I, you can bundle that whole package together when you subscribe. So they're getting your money one way or another. Oh, I love it. That's yes. a great idea. Yeah. Just yeah. like, like, have just, a, like, you know, like to like, like you have FX on Hulu, you have right. Fox on Hulu and you put all that yes. stuff there. Drive sales into subscription. There we go. Yeah, they just need to listen to us. They need to listen to the show. We can solve all their their problems for how to manage all their different properties, yes. and we can help them maximize their profits. Solve. Walt, You're welcome. Yes. Walt's closet. Walt's closet. Yes. <laughs> ah, I, do, I, do like, <laughs> I do like Walt's closet. A, you, know. you find an old DVD copy of True Lies in the bottom of the closet, oh, and you're like, look man. what we got here. Right next to Song of the South, right there. There you go. <laughs> 
I'm just not as much of a fan of the Star Wars prequels oh. as some of you may be. Well, so let's throw it to Rob Cabasco, our resident Star Wars expert. So maybe uh, maybe okay. you can <laughs> you can illuminate me, you can educate me on this one because I I've I think I've seen. I saw the first two in the theater, the third one, uh, you know, on DVD or, you know, rental or something like that. And I think I've only, s- I may have seen Phantom Menace twice, but it, it's just not a trilogy I've gone back to. So my memory is a little hazy about what, you know, this whole article is about, about the prequels and all this. So maybe you can sort of enlighten me as to why this is news. Well, it's news. Well, it's news because right now. Dave Filoni is gold at the golden standard in terms of in terms of current Star Wars just charm. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's it. Like he, he's, 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 you know, he really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if well, let's just not get into that. But I mean, you know, he could definitely be given the keys and nobody I don't think would complain about that. Um, so, you know, you've got that. And then he was basically just trying to I don't think it was that he was trying to pump up the the prequels. I think he was genuinely trying to say, look, this is something about the prequels that has really driven me as not just a fan, but as just this incredible curator of the stories. So his whole point was, was that, you know, the whole, the oh, whole, before, uh, you, before you get into oh, it, let, let's, say, let's say where this came from. So uh, Dis- on Disney plus, because uh, I was talking about Disney plus, there was a transition there. We just forgot to make it. Uh, there's a, uh, they're doing a behind the scenes thing about the Mandalorian. Mandalorian's their biggest hit. And so they're doing a six part behind the scenes uh, thing and they're releasing it weekly, which, I, which we've talked about in, in the past is a smart strategy. Uh, and so in this thing, they had a round table of all the directors, which never happens on a television thing. So all the directors getting together. And in the process of this conversation, it sort of like came to Dave and he started talking about how he saw Anakin's journey in the prequels. So back to you, Rob. Oh yeah. And well, no, the, no, thank you. And then the, the whole crux of this for him is in episode one is the, the duel of the fates, which is this fight between where is Anakin going to lead? Where is he going to end up? And you've got obviously Darth Maul representing the dark side and the fall that 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 represents. You've got um, Obi-Wan representing the current Jedi Council and everything that the good and bad that comes with that. And then you've got Qui-Gon, who is sort of ahead of the game, as he put it, where he's looking already past into the future of where this is going. And and I would say, you know, that kind of ties into some of the themes that you saw maybe in Last Jedi with Luke's portrayal and a few other things. Qui-Gon is different than the rest of the Jedi, and you get that in the movie, and Qui-Gon is fighting because he knows he's the father that Anakin needs. Because Qui-Gon hasn't given up on the fact that Jedi are supposed to actually care and, and love, and that that's not a bad thing. The rest of the Jedi are so detached, and they've become so political that they've really lost their way. Mm-hmm. And Yoda starts to see that in the second film. But Qui-Gon is ahead of them all, and that's why he's not part of the Council. So he's fighting for Anakin, and that's why it's the duel of the fates. It's the fate of this child. And depending on how this fight goes, Anakin is gonna, his life is gonna be dramatically different. Is he right? Yeah, I think it's, I think it actually, he's very passionate about it, clearly. I think it's a great way to kind of, to kind of up the stock of episode one. You can't up the stock of episode two. Episode, episode two is, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's unwatchable on, yeah. on, on new viewings. It's mm-hmm. unwatchable. Yes. That's just me saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so if you're interested, it's it's on Disney Plus. It's you know it's part of the service stuff too, and like and and so it's he's so passionate about that all the other directors sort of step back and just let him have it, and they they almost play his entire. It's almost like a TED talk about Star Wars, uh, where he breaks it down, and it's almost like he gave almost more thought to it than the people who made the prequel. <laughs> I mean, like he, like like wow, he's, Lucas did. He's he's feeling this on a spiritual level. Like he understands. He's like seeing this all out. And yeah, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. So I, it may merit then a rewatch. I mean. I, re- I remember that's one of the few 
moments I remember. I mean, that's that's the cool badass Jedi stuff that I remember out of Phantom Menace was, you know, that duel of the face. There was some of the, the earlier stuff where they, you know, our cat where Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are, you know, where we really see like Jedi's at the height of their power where they're just like force blast and stuff and they're using their lightsabers to like carve through steel doors. That was stuff that I was so excited about. And then then there was the rest of the movie. Yes. So <laughs> luckily that uh exciting start uh, the lightsaber stuff, that's what Dave Filoni really likes. And so yeah, that's no, what that's like no, and I, I do appreciate I mean I like that analysis of looking at what each of these characters represent. I mean that's the type of analysis I bring to to watch in the film. So I appreciate the fact that there is something there. There, there, there are, there are themes there. There's, there's a seed of the larger story there, you know, which is whether or not that's purposeful or if it just is sort of like one of those, oh, it sort of happened, but now we can see how that that's why it works. I love, I love moments like that. Yeah. So, okay, so Disney just, Plus. Yeah, exactly. Disney Plus. Uh, just as, as a small side note, do you know Joss Whedon's uh, anti-feminism theory of Die Hard? This just made me think of it, too, because this is like, you know, we're talking about, like, is it there or is something in there? So his thing is, he's like, you know, Die Hard as a Christmas movie, sure, that's a valid take. As a redefining action movie, sure, uh, all these things. But his thing is, if you look at it, it is a, a way of a husband getting his wife back because systematically throughout the movie, uh, John McClane destroys everything that's keeping Holly from taking him back. He destroys her okay. job. He destroys her homework. I mean, like, and, and by the final end, what is the last thing he does? The watch that she was given yeah. by her. The, he removes, removes the watch. <laughs> uh, and that's the last thing. And then they're together at the end. So it's sort of like, oh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But I think what it comes down to is good movies can be interpreted in, in multiple oh, ways. There we go. Oh, there we go. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. Uh, one more thing about Disney Plus, And then I promise people will stop talking about Disney. <laughs> Uh, the Disney announced on Disney Plus they're going to do a six-part behind-the-scenes about Frozen 2, which is super exciting because they usually usually get like a 30-minute behind-the-scenes as a bonus feature on the Blu-ray, and that's it. The fact that they're actually going this deep into behind-the-scenes stuff is pretty rare for them in animation. So that's very so, exciting to me. So the, the question I have is, because I, I, I sort of skimmed through the article and I thought, is this a six-part uh, explanation of why, why it was really hard to do this movie and maybe why some fans didn't like it as much as the first one? Because we're going to show you how much of a struggle it was to bring this movie to the screens. Because I, I watched it. I just didn't connect with it. But <laughs> I was watching it on the TV. I saw the oh. first one in the theater. I did not see the second one in the theater. And so that's that's often one thing. My kids were much younger when the first one came out. They yeah. are now, you know, 19 and 17. So Frozen 2 is sort of like, eh, yeah, not high on their radar. So we just didn't have that that energy. And sure. so for me, it was sort of a meh experience. So I have a, a six-year-old and a 12-year-old. Uh, oh, so, so you're the, right in the, the zone. I'm right in the zone. So yeah. we went there and it was it was like, it, to, to them, it was their Avengers Endgame. Oh, wow. Because, because okay. it, I mean, I, I tell you, in that theater opening weekend was like a religious experience. I mean, because like everybody in that theater was so into it and like responding huge whenever characters would, would uh, you know, say something. There's a, there's a moment uh, where Olaf turns to the audience uh, and says, oh, and you've gotten older too in one of the songs. And there's just like this, <gasps> from the audience that says, like, says this, you know, there's a giant looking out at you <laughs> saying, that's like, oh, I mean, it really oh. was. Yeah, so there's, there is, there is obviously 
in the tem- in the demographic, but there also is something to be seen about seeing movies in theaters, which I hope we get to do again one day. It's good that there's nothing bad that happens to him in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, so spoiler alert: we were uh, Rob had. I wasn't had going there. It. No, no, I was going to say spoiler alert for those of you who hadn't seen it. Though. So Rob and I, I had seen it, and I was uh, before we, we were actually recording uh, Marvel Movie Minute that night. And the, in one of the breaks, I was telling him about like, oh man, this movie is really something. Like they really changed a bunch of the rules. He's like, oh yeah, come on, what does Olaf die? Like went, oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then, like the next the next day, I think you went to see it. Well, no, and I did. And do you remember I told you I saw it? I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was far superior to the first one. And I did think that they took some risks. I think with the story oh, and, sure. and you know it's yeah. what they were doing. Um, the move the music is not as catchy. Like right. no one's yeah. remembering any of the songs from it and stuff, except oh, for that well. that You're... Chicago eighties. Oh uh, my god! Well, that, oh, that, you that, that was amazing. I had I had to sing those songs every night before I put my six year old to bed for like four weeks. So don't tell me they're not memorable. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Well, speaking of getting back into theaters, we've been sort of tracking the trajectory of AMC on the mm-hmm. sat mats and yeah. looking at, you know, are they open? Are they closed? Are they bankrupt? Are they in a fight with Universal? Do What's they going just sell on? Popcorn now, right? Exactly. But now it looks like, and this is very, very interesting when it comes to timing, that AMC could possibly be purchased by Amazon. And that's that's interesting. But what makes it really intriguing is the fact that there's this really, really old, you know, law on the books that studios couldn't own their own theaters and just exclusively show their their movies in their theaters. But that has been there's been movement to get rid of that and so now with jeff bezos possibly being able to really put his content in his theaters exclusively at his prices this adds a whole new dimension to that aspect of studio ownership of theaters so i I i'm really interested to see how this plays out you know in terms of what theaters are going to do to recover from this because uh, my my own local chain here well our local chain you guys are here in Arizona Harkins is uh you know I, as far as i know they're they should be fine they're going to they'll bounce back they think they got a great fan base here you know support local they do a great job but a lot of the other national chains i don't know what they're going to do to to recover from this and AMC you know this may be the the shift that now our other studios going to start looking to see if there are other chains that are oh maybe hurting a little financially. Financially, and maybe you know, suddenly Sony or Universal, Paramount start acquiring their own chains. It's interesting that these these companies who sort of have become known as monoliths swallowing. Yes. I mean, AMC had a relentless hunger through the two thousands. They were just eating up chains left and right, uh, and then. I, I sort of compare them to Diamond Comics because Diamond Comics was doing the same thing, like just sw- making sure, like, we are the dominant force, we are the number one, we are the – and then all of a sudden the business changes and suddenly you find that that ship can't turn quite as fast as you that you thought it could. Uh, and so they find themselves struggling. It's – I don't know. It's not uh, karma exactly, but uh, I think they're finding that uh, – uh, finding a new way to pivot – uh, in this strange new world, it is not quite as easy out there. I really thought it was going to be Disney. I thought Disney was going to be the one to like write a check and basically say, "And now these are exclusive Disney theaters. You can only see Disney movies at our theaters." You know, going back to like what the the thirties, right? When it was yes. like you had to go to a Warner Brothers theater to see a Warner Brothers movie. Uh, but yeah, Amazon. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. They they always are looking for um, something else to buy. 
Bezos well, this got is, those billions. Well, what? Well, one, I mean, Jeff Bezos has all the money at this right. point. So, right. So this makes sense. And if you look at it from a economic standpoint, I mean, these are things I mean, you don't want the movies, the movie theater. You don't want any of the movie theater companies to simply go up belly up. So I, I think in terms of in terms of the legislation that keeps that from happening, yeah, I bet you there'll be some changes to that. If if they have a buyer and they're willing to do it, they'll figure oh, yeah. it out. Yeah. And and I mean you could make the case. I mean, the case is already there. Cell phone companies don't only allow calls on their networks. You know what I mean? Like you could there's precedence all over this to to make that happen. I think surprise I think the real surprising thing is is that what it does you're already seeing this happen. Colin and I've been talking in the last week or two about the whole universal spat yeah. that yeah. came about. Where you've already seen like these theater changes that are like, okay, well, then you're going to do this. We're not going to show your movies anymore. Okay, it's this fragmentation of the distribution model. We're probably, unfortunately, not just because of what's happening with technology, but the whole pandemic system is going to just accelerate certain things that I think were inevitable and that were going to happen. Um, and for Amazon, I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. This is a... I, I mean, I don't want to... This, this is a whole conversation in itself. We're ultimately headed towards a three-company world. The three companies are Amazon, Google, and Apple. Really? I mean, you know, you there's all the rumors that have been going well, on over the last no, month. Four company world, then Disney being the other one. Well, oh, though, okay, you're saying all right because looking, I was just going to lead into this. You're looking Blade that Runner, Dave. With Disney, with Disney, with Disney's future in the short term, so questionable. Yeah, yeah that there's been. I mean, there's rumors about Apple buying Disney for years. Yeah. yeah. And Apple's got a ton of cash like you that that could to, you could totally see that happening. Um, you know, what happens from this? Who knows? I mean, things it's going to change. I think I think in the next 24 months, things are going to change dramatically. Well, we, we saw with uh, with uh, Trolls World Tour uh, the coming on, which I'm sure I'm sure they talked about here on uh, Saturday. Oh, yeah. um, but now we're going to see here. Actually, by the time uh, you're listening to this, uh, another bombshell will have dropped and that's Scoob. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's another major, you know it's still family, so, you know studio release coming direct to home, but this time for sale for twenty five dollars as opposed to renting Trolls for twenty. So it's sort of like okay, so are people willing to pay a premium price because that's more expensive than any movie on iTunes right now, even even the Star Wars movies. Uh, Will they be willing to pay that to have access to it earlier? Or were they willing to, you know, sit and wait for it to come to rental and that kind of thing? I mean, it's. I mean, right now they're they're testing it out with kids' movies. We saw a little bit with The Hunt and with uh, Bloodshot, I guess. And and the, but like, just if they if they if they'd done this with Black Widow, what would have happened? You know, I mean, like you're you're still cutting. You're not gonna you're not gonna hit that billion dollar box office, but. You know, it's it's a way of uh, being able to people making some money off of the thing you already have finished. Yeah, and with with Scoob, it, it, my first reaction is always like, really? But then I remember, and I, I can't remember how many years ago I read this article, and it said that Scooby-Doo is one of the characters that is internationally recognized. It's like, why? I remember, for, you know, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, like, you'd go into a blockbuster, and you'd just see, like, direct-to-video, like, Scooby-Doo, just in the kids' section. Like, who is still cranking these things out? Who is still watching it? Everybody. All across the world, it's they one of the most recognized characters in the world, and I thought, okay, smart move to if you can't put it in the theaters, release it digitally, sell it because there's a huge market for Scoob. a friend of mine just tech tweeted me today. Uh, Playmobil just got the license to both Back to the Future and yeah. Scooby Doo, and they and they look wow. really good, and they, no, they look fantastic. 
And I mean, Scooby-Doo, like, right? Like, what is that? No, a whole line with the mystery machine and all the characters and ghosts and everything. So there's some yeah. things from my childhood that I thought would, would not last and that, you know, would, you know, there's so many things that have disappeared into the, the yeah. hazy, hazy memories <laughs> of the late night, late 20th century. But Scooby-Doo is, is here for generations. It's amazing. Yeah. It's doing its part because it's teaching people that when there's a huge problem going on, chances are it's a really greedy person <laughs> manipulating the system to That's try and right. get something for themselves. That that is that is true. It's a great life lesson. All right, we should probably get into these trailers. Oh, okay. We oh, got do, some, we, we got, oh, we, do we have to? Yeah, we got to we got to talk <laughs> about I'm, some trailers. I don't I don't mind I don't mind trailers, but but whew. Wow, it is, it, it it's, is sparse pickings these days. It is very sparse pickings. And yeah. for my trailer, it, it po- as I did my search, this popped up and I thought, this is familiar. And I can't place it. I went back through my notes from all the past Satmats because I swear we talked about this or it was a, it, this was a, a short film a number of years ago. So maybe like there was a Strangers thing, Stranger Things conversation we had. But my trailer is for a film called Yes, God, Yes, which is uh, was based on a short uh, film uh, directed by Karen Main. She's a writer-director of the feature now of this version, an expanded version of it. And it is a story of, you know, it's set way back in, you know, AOL days, you know, sort of dial up. But uh, after an AOL chat turns racy, a Catholic teenager in the early 2000s discovers masturbating and struggles to suppress her new urges in the face of internal damnation. So, We've anybody all there? All, all the Satmat listeners know this is right in my wheelhouse. If it's about teenagers, <laughs> I'm going to be picking this movie. Oh, teenagers. Got it. Yes. Okay, right. <laughs> no, Steve, Steve, let me just tell you something. I'm going to add a spoke to that wheel. Okay. Not only do I have a 17-year-old daughter, I work for the Catholic Church. So... Let me tell you, <laughs> this is right there. <laughs> all, this whole this whole lady birdification of of our of our family culture. Yes, yes, I'm on board. So, Alice, how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Um. Welcome. You've got mail. Fine. Just fine. So this is, uh, but this is uh, starring uh, Natalia Dyer, who, you know, everybody will recognize from Stranger Things. She was also in the short and the short is currently available out there on YouTube. So we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. It's about 11 uh, minutes long, but this is just one of these coming of age stories that's got some some comic elements to it. Uh, this is something that, yeah, probably not going to watch with my daughters because it would be the most awkward and uncomfortable experience that I can think of. It's something that they may, I will encourage them to watch on their own, just like Booksmart, nothing I'm going to be comfortable watching with them but go and enjoy it yourself. I will enjoy it separate from you. Uh, right now, it has the release date is said for March 8th. So clearly this is one that has you know suffered from the whole closure of everything. But this one got picked up. It was at South by Southwest in 2019. Currently, it's got a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on, you know, 10 reviews. Uh, but it's got a 6 point one uh based on 268 ratings on IMDb so as Pete says you know usually that six star point tells you it's prob there's a 50/50 chance that it's it's not going to be too bad but uh it's it's a as it started out as a short it's still a short feature cuz i see it has a runtime of 1 hour and 18 minutes ooh 
So for me, that's sort of the ideal. Yeah, that's probably going straight to streaming because, you know, although they if they could pack the theaters, you run that thing. I mean, that's like what is it? You you could fit three or four end games in there, you know, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) I mean, you could fit three or four of those into an end game. Yes, Yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, what what did you guys uh, think about this one? I got uh, uh, saved vibes from it. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Saved. Going back. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was... And I, it took me all to figure out where the actress uh, was from. And then it was like, oh, Stranger Things. That's right. That's where she's from. So I'm I'm always pleased when uh, television people are getting feature work. Yes. So that's always a good thing. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I like... I also... Uh, my, my One of my favorite things is female-led comedies because there are so few of them out there that, like, you get to... And it's not about... Uh, being the object that people are are, are running, or, you know, that dudes are trying to get or whatever. Right. Uh, yes. So like, there doesn't. I mean, like, there's there's one shot of like, you know, the handsome dude with his hair to the side. Or but that is not <laughs> what the movie is about. Uh, yes, exactly. So, yeah. Her, she is not defined by the dudes, you know, pursuing her or anything like that. So yes. Yeah, and Rob, well, clearly this is, you know, you own this one more than I do, apparently. I, so I, well, no, is... I got to tell you, did I did I say that I work for the Catholic Church and that I watched Walk Hard, Walk Hard with my daughter? Did I say uh, Yeah, I believe so. All on the same podcast? Yeah, oh, it's okay. recorded. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, it's, you can tell where I, where I have a, I have a whole world view of everything like this. I thought this was incredibly charming. Um, you know, I mean, because look at, I think. Uh, any kind of institution, not just the church. I mean, any institution, whether they're religious or other otherwise, you know, we we kind of run this sort of gamut between the dark, you know, the dark view, which is all the horrible things that clearly we're, we're, you know, we know about. And then this, which it seemed to say, OK, look, you know, it seems like it's a very positive coming of age film that's within the confines of an institution like Lady Bird. I mean, that's what I thought Lady Bird was fantastic in doing that. And I thought this was it looked really great. And I love when they're look at. You can already get the sensibility with me, even when I teach classes, right? I love movies that address the real nature of humanity, right? Like not, yes, all the dark and the and the grimy part of it, and especially when you're at that age. I just thought this looked great, and Natalie Dyer's awesome. I mean, she, I mean, lover in Stranger Things. I'm totally looking forward to seeing this. And the priest is he from Veep? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought this was okay. Yes, that's my my six degrees of separation connection to this because I saw that I go, I know that dude. He was in Veep. He's married to a woman who my brother went to high school with. So I'm like, okay. I got, I can, I can leapfrog my way to this movie, to Stranger Things. So I got my six degrees of Kevin Bacon without <laughs> Kevin Bacon going on. All right, next up, oh, oh, Rob. I tell I, us, tell us. I'm, yes, I'm embarrassed. My okay, because no, because here's where's the deal. We're we are we're slim pickings right now, everybody. Yeah. And this morning, this was the story that I saw breaking a whole bunch of different places. This crazy movie called Unhinged, starring Russell Crowe, which is nothing more than the 2020 version of Falling Down. Right? Like, I is mean, it well, okay. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you know what a courtesy tap is, young man? Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. I'm sure that's what your mom meant to do. No, it's not. Mom! Having a kind of a hard time lately. I'm sorry. Accept my apology. What do you want? I need you to learn what a bad day really is. I need you to learn how to say sorry. Pam, you're gonna learn. Through violence and retribution. 
I mean, first of all, Russell Crowe, come on, right? Because this seems like, I mean, first of all, it's it, what a, I mean, a, a movie of the times, unfortunately. Yeah. But unintended. I mean, I couldn't, I can't think they could have expected it to be in these times, right? Right. And I think, I, I think movies like this, even, even, okay, Kyle's gonna, Kyle's gonna eye roll me on this. <laughs> even if you wanted to talk about a movie like a Joker. And say, okay, how does this movie, how does it interface with a, when you're coming of age during these types of times? How does it help you understand what is truly going on in people's minds when they are on the cusp of becoming unhinged, right? Not to use this title that way, but there it is. Um, so anyway, it's interesting. Is this going to be a good movie? No, of course not. No. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> no. And I just – and honestly, I mean seriously, I had nothing else. And it was it was the talk on all my blogs and my news things I saw this morning. It's, it's just a movie about a guy who just – obviously, he's lost his family. I mean you already get this from the trailer, right? He's lost something. He's a, recently divorced. The ki- people went into witness protection. I don't know what happened, right? He's clearly upset. This woman isn't very polite to him. He loses his mind. And then he just goes on. He becomes the substitute. And like, I don't know. That's a weird movie reference. The substitute. If you ever. <laughs> there, that was a franchise, wasn't it? Uh, yes. yes. Unfortunately, it was. Treat, treat Williams. <laughs> we got everybody on board for that. Um, no, like, I don't know. It, it's just so ridiculous. And I, and I just I feel bad for Russell Crowe. Sorry. I just. This doesn't seem like a movie that no. you should be making. I, I say it, this is what this is the price we pay for all of the Les Mis memes. <laughs> he took it hard. He took it so hard. Can I, you know what? what we wait, get. You've heard. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, Kyle. I don't know if you've heard this. You know, Les Mis that movie again. Going okay. Little theme here of musical theater. Do you know what that movie could have been so much better by just doing one thing? Switch Russell Crowe and Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh. in their roles. Oh, yeah. Russell Crowe yeah. would have been an amazing Tenardier. Sasha Baron Cohen would have been an incredible Javert. Wow. You just do that and it would have changed the entire movie. I, I don't know. Russell would have had a lot more fun. Yeah, he he had every he was the he had the body type. He had the per, he had the 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 performance. It would have been a totally different movie. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I got. So we got and this, is, mean, this was Rob Fix's movie. <laughs> that could be a segment. We could always do that. We could bring that as a <laughs> segment. We'll Rob Fix's movie. So love a jingle. So what I found interesting about this is that I, I had seen a couple articles because they said the marketing on this movie was basically they were pushing this to be like the first movie you're going to see when you get back in theaters because I think it's got like an early July release date. And they're, they're hedging their bets that theaters are going to be open and people will be comfortable getting into theaters and th- they're going to be on the front lines, the first thing that's going to be available, it's going to be unhinged, unhinged. and you're going to go, you're going to see Russell Crowe being unhinged. And I, so Falling Down was the one, and then Changing Lanes was the other one that I saw oh, that came up as a comparison oh, yeah. as well with the whole road yeah. rage type of thing. So, yeah, but this just screamed like bad, like straight to video type of thing where yes. I can imagine if it wasn't Russell Crowe, this would be something that I would just see like, I don't know, maybe even like a Lifetime movie or something like that. Because Woman in Peril. That- there was an angry call from Nick Cage to his agent, like, why is that not me? Why am I not in that movie? <laughs> yes. For, uh, for those of you who are oh, just yes. listening, oh, both gentlemen took a drink just as I said that. <laughs> I almost got a dual spit take out yeah, of that. A so. little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, well, poor. And this, I mean, this is the year we're celebrating, what, the 20th anniversary of Gladiator. Of Gladiator, and I we've know. Got, and we've got Russell, and it looks like he's oh, like no. the anti-Gladiator. He it doesn't oh, think no. like he's been... <laughs> 
He hasn't been doing anything. He's been, I think he's been sitting in that car just, you know, <laughs> since Talk 2000. About Maximus. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Come on, you know I'll what, see though? I'll see myself. You know what? I guarantee you there is a scene in that movie where he's in his truck and he's fumbling with a little bag and it has little figures of his wife and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> where does the wheat come in? I'm just saying. Is there a lot of wheat? Is there a little bit of wheat? Oh, there's something. <laughs> there's, there's some sort of grown product in this, but I don't <laughs> That's know. the Catholic Church for you, ladies and gents. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, tell us tell yeah, us about oof, tell us about your 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 pick here because this is one that I hadn't heard of. Oh, and, really? And you said See, it's I, slim pickings, so but this yeah. one intrigued me. Yeah, it's, I, I was I was hoping that it hadn't actually been covered out here because it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's an old meme uh, going around that says, uh, if my future self didn't show up to stop me, how bad a choice could it have been? Uh, and so this movie kind of answers that question. It's called James versus his future self. Uh, it's a Canadian movie. Actually, it has already been out in Canada and did fairly well. And it was coming It was coming out here. Uh, it's set to release uh, two weeks ago. But oh, right. uh, that's not happening. So uh, it's out there, too. So it, the, the basic premise is there's a scientist who's on the verge of inventing time travel. Uh, when suddenly his older self shows up and says, yeah, you can't do that because everything goes terribly for us. And the, so the older self is played by Daniel Stern, uh, so one, of my, one of my favorite actors and, and a really great director, too. Um, and so it, it basically like he inserts himself into the, his past self's life to try and change the, the, the path, too. So I think it's, a, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of time travel movies, and I also like this idea that uh, there's the, like the future you like who knows all the stuff you're going to say and do and is right there to try and help. So he becomes like kind of like this guy who's just hanging out in his house all the time. <laughs> so you, you know, it's, it's, it's me, so I can't really kick him out. Uh, but yeah, so it's, like, it's a you know, low-budget uh, Canadian comedy thing, and I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it uh, uh, makes a, a splash somewhere. I just want to talk to you, James. James! Really? What's your plan, bud? Hello, sunshine. Welcome back. What's happening? I'm going to keep it simple. Twelve years from now, you figure out how to send me back in time. I am you from the future. I'm from the future! You, you're from the future! We, not you, you, me, you, we are from the future! Okay, that's good. Okay, I started laughing just now because when you said that, yeah. when I saw this trailer, I didn't know anything else about the movie. I watched the trailer and I went, wow, Robert England looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang, oh my God. age so much. Yeah, yes. Yeah, true, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, it happens to all of us. It, it does. But this is, this is one of the, that's, this is the genre that's like my, like Saturday afternoon, late afternoon, I'm looking for something yes. just oh, like yeah. cheesy yeah, exactly sci-fi, right. light, totally. fun, mm-hmm. it, that knows what it is and is going to just have fun with it. It has just enough sci-fi to give you an interesting story. It's not going to get into the complexities of, you know, the hard science of this. It's just going to have fun with it, but still be a story with heart. That's the part yeah, I, I really exactly liked about right. this. It's exactly. Got, looks like it's got that yeah. great balance of this. So I, I'm really hopeful for this one, wherever it shows up, that this is going to be one that I'll love just sort of 
finding and being like, that's exactly what I needed on my Saturday. And I'll probably give it like four and a half stars on Letterboxd. And people are right? like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it is what it <laughs> no. is. And it does a perfect job of what it needs to be, which is this just like low budget, straightforward, sci-fi-esque type of twist thing. Yeah. I hope Great it comes in right at that safety, not guaranteed kind of place. Yes, you know? exactly. Where it's just like low budget. Great performances, highly respected. Listen, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. I hope it uh, shows up someplace cool. Yes. Well, that's that's the sort of the place we're in where we've got trailers and we don't know where they're going to show up. So for me, I love this because it gives me just sort of ripe pickings for our trailer rewind because this is the stuff that shows up on streaming and then people are like, is this good or not? And then we'll talk, you know, some of those we'll talk about on our show. So we got some, I'd say for the, as slim as the pickings were, these are, well, okay. No, no, don't go there. I, you don't have to. Okay, Rob. Well, you know, it's just it's, two out of three aren't bad. Two out of three aren't bad. bad. Okay, all it's right. No, on chance was it was you know as trailers go, it it was uh it, it gave me everything I needed. <laughs> it did because it I gave now, you everything. Now you don't even need to see it. I now right? don't need to see that movie because exactly. I've seen it all from the trailer. Yes, because there wasn't even enough to say. I, I don't know. I mean. I guess if I was going to take on the Rob Fixes movie thing, I'd be like, hey, wouldn't this be great if it turned out to be like the sequel to David Fincher's The Game? Oh. <laughs> My God, yes. Where her husband set her up with this road trade thing to teach her a lesson, right? Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. Copyright Steve, man. Like, dudes, like, we all fix movies. Somebody, right? Are you kidding? Somebody make that movie because, yes. dang. <laughs> Maybe you it know is. That, oh my God! No, that's unbelievable. Oh, that's totally yeah. what it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go make that movie. All make right. that movie. Done. All right. Okay. Well, since we have both of you guys here, and I don't know that all of our listeners of the Sat Mat are, you know, aware of everything that goes on in the next reel, but since we have the Marvel Movie Minute guys here, I thought we could do a minute by minute breakdown of Marvel Movie Minute. So, minute one of Marvel Movie Minute one. <laughs> Let's spend a couple we're gonna, hours, we're right? We're going to do 114 episodes of commentary right now. Okay. Yes. Let's start but, out. We were in the same room. Remember when we could do that? Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, back in the days. We yeah. looked at it. Yes. And now, well, yeah, we're, we're, right. making, we're oh, making it so work. There's, there's some trivia for you guys. We used to record Marvel Movie Minute Season 2 in the same room. And at some point then, we had to change. See if you can figure out where the switch happens. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Audio files. Fire up those headphones. I'm going to... I, it may it may or may not have happened yet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Right. How about By that? that? So the release hasn't happened already. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Well, where are we? Where are we in the in the saga of season uh, two? See, what, what, see, what just got, we were in the uh, we minute forty five. Minute forty five drops tomorrow. Yep. We we've just completed our pizza trilogy. That was pretty oh, exciting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know. Let me just tell you something. This well, you know, the show has. We're so grateful to do the show, and we just love doing it. We hope yeah. people. I think we, we really think that people are enjoying it. Um, you know, it's just it's evolved in its own, and I think every time you get a you know some new hosts, they they kind of work it and they and they you know figure it out as we go along. The movie we early on decided. Look, is this a perfect movie? No. no. Is it a perfect MCU movie? No. No. <laughs> okay. But we're, this is not about this is about celebrating the MCU, celebrating movie making, and we're going to yeah. do the best we can to make it entertaining. Yeah. So that's what we did. That's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to do all into the future on this, no matter how long you'll have us. And um, it's been great. But we're definitely hitting 
you know, it's, it, Monday, I can't I can't promote the minute 46 enough because it begins with uh, us doing a, a performance. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yes. That really is inspiring <laughs> uh, because the movie the movie gives us a minute that there isn't a whole lot going on. Yeah. So okay. we, had to, uh, we right. had to figure out some clever ways to, to fill our, our 12 to 15 minutes, uh, sometimes up to 30 minutes, actually. See, I, uh, I just give about... you guys credit for, for, for doing it minute by minute because I, I sat in on uh, – Andy and I were on the uh, Mad Max movie minute on Thunderdome, uh, and one of, one of our minutes was watching the, the wheel of fate turn to see what's going to happen with Max, and then it's like they're walking in the desert. I'm like, okay, <laughs> how do we fill the whole show? With, yeah. I mean, that was two episodes. That was two episodes. Like Tina Turner spins the wheel. Okay. And then we see where it falls. And I think what we did is to, to make the best of that, we actually got into the mathematics of how big each of the wedges of the pie were to look at the probability oh, of falling. Okay. Cause we needed hey. something to talk about. Oh, believe us. I mean, we know. We I know. mean, that's, <laughs> I give you guys so much credit for, particularly when there's those stretches where you're like, what do you say? See, just based what on that, you, that right yeah. there, our episode would have been about Wheel of Fortune. We would have talked about how many consecutive episodes Pat Sajak has done it. <laughs> yeah. What does Vanna White do? How right. often does okay. she wear red? There like, you go. We oh, all those numbers. Okay. Absolutely. We can all figure right. that out. And then no, by, but, about, by about uh, you know minute 10, we've been like, oh, we should probably talk about the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Mad Max in this case. Yes. No, wait, we have had – okay, listen. And I think everyone is used to it now. We've kind of taken that the, the cold open or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. It sometimes has a tangent, and it sometimes goes in awkward, weird places. Oh, yes. We have talked about a lot of different things in that. But it always connects. It always makes the minute interesting, and we're doing the best we can. And we're enjoying it. I think we're having a lot of fun. (laughs) We're having a lot of fun. So I'm hoping people are coming along. Even if you haven't seen the movie in a while, uh, we hope that we we do enough uh, entertainment stuff that you can go, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. It's it's like sitting down. I mean, the thing that I love about that this type of podcast, this minute by minute, is it's sort of like the equivalent of like – uh, you know, sportscaster, the, the commentators, you know, so it's like you can watch oh, a basketball game yeah. okay, there, or soccer. There's guys just, you know, back and forth. But you've got these two guys that are like sitting there alongside you telling you everything about what's going on. So for me, it's like this is great to like not just listen to as a podcast, but, you know, load up the movie and just, you know, watch that minute long and it, mm-hmm. like a, a really weird version of sort of like uh, audio commentary because you've got one yeah. minute, but I got to stretch it out over, you know, a whole episode. But to just look along with it and say like, okay, yeah. Or I, I guess I could watch the movie with your podcast as the commentary if I did it like like times three, <laughs> times four speed. That might get me, that might be an interesting experience. It might make that the movie be, more entertaining. Wow. <laughs> If you were drunk, you'd have to you'd have to drink a lot. It's a marathon. Yeah, because well, no, I would think I was doing the numbers, Kyle. I think we I figured out like our min, our our episode length actually averages pretty high. It's like about 15, 16 minutes. Yeah, you do that sixteen minutes across one hundred and thirteen episodes. We're, we're we have recorded over two almost two thousand minutes. Wow, wow! I love to hear the sound of my own voice, but come on. <laughs> This is why you'll see what happens in the next week or so. All yeah. right. Well, we've got something. Yeah. We've we've we're, we've sort of for those that so, are, are said, in it, you they've got something. But even those that haven't, just like you've sort of primed the pump. Like just jump this in. This is actually a really good place. To, just this is actually a pretty in. good place to jump in. Oh like, no, minute forty six is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you look at it and go like, oh man, how am I going to listen to these forty? No, just like jump in <laughs> and forty four or whatever, and then and go forward from there. Because yeah, okay. well, <laughs> you're not going to believe. It. Even next reel is going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Forge a new territory. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> this is last time we don't give you guys oversight. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. We're already past it. All right. Well, the one thing that we we still have left to get through is the list. Now, none of us were here last week. So this is the first time this has happened because usually it's like Pete and I come up with something, but then Andy's there. And, you know, so Pete and I at least Steph deal with it. Andy will complain like, if I had been there, I would have, you know, corrected this. And, you know, like, you know, barrels, you know, Pete and I thought that was funny and it came back to bite us. Uh, but this week, so we are talking, they're talking about uh, the episode was La Caja Full. And so the list options we had were impressing the in-laws, coming out movies and hiding sexuality. And we had to come up with a list about impressing the in-laws. I got to tell you, this category almost wrecked my marriage. <laughs> oh, Really? Because I, I sat down with interested in laws, and I, I, my wife, I, I said, I said, honey, like, I, I don't know where to go with this. I mean, like, there's, there's a couple that are, are, are sort of low hanging fruit, and I'm right. not gonna say what I think they are because they might be on your list, and I don't want to call you out to this early. Uh, but I, I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to go with this, and so we started talking about, it, and her thing was like, okay, well then these two characters, they're gonna get together in the end, so let's say Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, not on my list, but. Will Turner is, you know, very much trying to impress the father. But the thing is, they're not married at the end of that movie. They don't get yes. married until the end of the third oh, movie. So yeah. does that count? And she's like, well, yeah, it counts. I'm like, no, because they're not in-laws at that point. And like, <laughs> and, and it just, this kept rolling and rolling and rolling. Like, then it's just like, why are you even asking for my help? You're not going to listen to me. And I'm like, next, next reel's destroying my life. <laughs> well, it but depends on how flexible she did, you are. She actually yeah. kept some really, really good ideas okay. and stuff too. So I, right. I now have a good list once we sort of uh, came to define what that was. But those guys really stuck it to us. They did. But that's where we have the flexibility. You, If you come up with your own rules, because believe me, Pete's got some stretchers there, you know, uh, really stretching the rules. But I th- well, I guess all three of us have done it at one point or another of saying, well, it sort of it sort of goes back to Star Wars from a certain point of view. Uh, they yeah. are in-laws, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think we can all agree. I'm glad this was the category of the categories that we had to work with. <laughs> yeah, yes. This was the best of three. But. Yes, that's, that's true. And then, of course, we have the honor, after we get through our list, of picking our own topics to stick those guys with so but okay so tradition is first trailer gets first pick so i don't have to worry about steals on my first one but it's still a short list i didn't have a whole lot to go off of but i'm gonna stick with my tradition of picking a film that has been talked about on the show and this is one that hadn't occurred to me but Kyle's going to object because they aren't in-laws. <laughs> no. so, oh, but, no, it's good. We're good. No. But, but we're yeah, all good. Yeah. But Wait. when it yeah. comes to impressing the in-laws, um, things couldn't get worse than if you happen to be the African-American boyfriend that gets brought home to meet the in-laws in Get Out. Oh, oh good call, man. <laughs> Jeez, oh, that's actually, I like it. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, to, to to have it not be throwing shade uh, at your thing, uh, once I listened to the episode, and I was really like, they're talking about La Caja Fall, I was like, oh, they're not married yet either. So right, then I was yes. like, okay, then I'll bet yeah. you off. So it's good. Yeah, but, okay. Wow, that's a good pick. Man, that movie messed me up. Oh, yes. Like, I was like, for <laughs> days, I would just wake up, I would just be sitting there thinking like, man, <laughs> that Jordan Peele, man, he is onto something. He is. All right. So, Rob, you had the second trailer. You get your first pick here. 
So um, if we get through all of them, I'm going to tell you, all three of my films have a multiple thread going through all of them. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay. Wow. He, so he's setting the bar up here. I'm just happy oh, to get three films. No he's got complex things. It's, multiple it's threads. It's Duel of the Fates. There's a seed planted at the beginning that weaves itself through all of them. No, this is spectacular. But no, my, my actually, I went with this one. Um, this was a movie that I saw when it came out when I was dating my wife at the time, Joy Luck Club. Ooh, from 1993. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously a phenomenal movie. It's uh, based on a movie uh, based on a book by Amy Tan. Uh, you, and if you haven't seen it, please see it because it's I think it actually resonates even more today. Not just about the story, because th- there's some several th- uh, threads that deal with in-laws and with with, you know, with marriages and all this. But it's just a phenomenal immigrant story. Immigrants. I mean, just the hardships that people have had to go through to come here and everything that they've tried to do to make the lives of their families better. And it's, uh, oh, it's just, it's wonderful. I love the movie. We watch it every couple of years just to remind ourselves how great it is. That's one I have not seen in a long, long, long time. That's probably definitely worth putting on the list to to revisit again because it's, yeah, it was 93. So it must have been, uh, yeah, probably like 96, 97 was the last time I saw that. Because I think I saw it maybe once or twice back then, way in the... You probably rented it on <laughs> video cassette. Way back in the 1900s, as my kids like to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, but excellent pick. Definitely one that I had forgotten about. All right. Kyle, the bar is set. Okay, well, uh, then I'm, I'm going to go a little more modern. Uh, oh, okay. So meeting uh, the in-laws is pretty tough, but uh, maybe to make things easier, uh, people can just, like, play a game to get to know each other, like maybe hide-and-seek. Uh, my pick uh, is 2019's Ready or Not. On wedding night, uh, they have a very interesting game uh, where the bride gets to meet her new family and uh, gets to tour the house a little bit, too. So much more similar to uh, much closer to Get Out than to Joy Luck Club in this case. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a steal. That is oh, on my that's list. Okay. Yes, that was that was number two on my list. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to delve into it. I, I that's one. Okay, speaking of watching with kids, that's what I want to watch with my my youngest because she loves like horror. That's you know lighter she doesn't like the real you know intense stuff so this one i'm like it's got the little bit of gore to it it's got a little bit of the suspense some jump scares but it's still i mean it's just ridiculously fun like the hunt it is just so i i loved seeing this in the theater so i'm glad glad you glad you stole it <laughs> forcing me to go someplace else on my list i'm gonna have to go into some some other ter- i'm gonna have to go into a weird pick all right to fill the <laughs> fill the fill the next one okay because this again they're they're not really in-laws <laughs> in this one, but it, it, it's a, it's probably a stretch in many, many ways, but it's one that we ha- I don't believe has shown up on any list in a long time, but it's a film that I discovered must have been like right around the time I was graduating from high school because I worked at a video store in high school. And so me and a couple of other guys that worked there were always like, what are some great classic movies to discover, all this stuff. And so... Um, when you are 
a teenager and you discover the great Dustin Hoffman movie, The Graduate, um, oh. you know, is he trying to impress the in-laws? Well, I, I guess maybe he's impressing Mrs. Robinson on a regular <laughs> basis, I assume. I don't know. But it's one that uh, is a different type of relationship with the in-laws, I guess you could say. But it's one that uh, because Rob stole my second pick is I'm going to go with The Graduate. Yeah. Next up. Rob? Uh, oh, yeah, Rob, my, my next yep. week. Okay, so I'm going to keep in with my theme. I'm going to save you, tell you what the theme, what the two themes were at the end. But okay. I know this is an easy pick and it's a more recent movie, but Crazy Rich Asians. Mm, and I okay. know that this is this straddles the line about in-laws. There's soon to be in-laws. There's a wedding that takes place in the movie. And yes, you've got the whole thing between Harry Goldie and Constance Wu is, you know, they're trying to impress the mother played by Michelle Yeoh. Um, just a great, uh, you know, I, we were really impressed. My wife's a huge fan of those, that book series. And uh, we thought they did a really nice job with it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And it, and actually specifically with in-laws, especially like impressing what would be assumed to be a future mother-in-law, yeah. there's a really nice storyline with that that has a bit of a twist that is actually really well done yeah. as you get to the end well, of the movie. By the time I finally saw it, I kicked myself that it had taken me so long to see it. Yes. I was like, oh man, oh, I could yeah. have seen this six months earlier. What was wrong right. with me? Oh, well, Rob's got a solid list going there. i I Joy Luck Club, Crazy Rich Asians. Where's he going next? We will have to wait and see, but let's see if Kyle steals another one from me. No, let's, I, I, don't, I, I seriously see. doubt my next two are going to be in the I don't know. This is where I started okay. getting a little wilder. Okay. So, so uh, taking a road trip can be stressful. Uh, taking a road trip, having uh, your uh, mother-in-law in the car with you uh, can be more stressful. But then uh, having a guy die in front of you telling you where a bunch of money is that you have to go and get before everybody else can make things super stressful. So that's why my pick is it's a mad, 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 <laughs> mad world. So in one of the one of wow. the plot lines is that yes. uh, Milton Berle, as yes. J. Russell Finch, yes. uh, is driving and his... his uh, his mother-in-law, yes. Mrs. Marcus, played by Ethel Merman, yes. is within the whole time. So, I yes. love that you picked this. I ju- it was it just showed up on the Criterion Channel, oh, and they yeah. had um and but they have the like original like roadshow. Now they had to reassemble it from lost footage and all of that. Yeah. And there's some there's some clips that have been lost. They've got stills, but my wife and I remember like seeing this on like. Growing up in the suburbs of Chicago on like WGN, like the Saturday yeah. Night Movie or something, chopped up. So we're thinking, I mean, how long was this thing? How how edited down was it? But I was amazed because this was just, I think, two weekends ago we watched this. How well that this movie holds up because I thought it, it was really just, does. I thought it was going to be like you know the attempts to remake it, like Rat Race and all this, where it's just like yeah. it's it's garbage. It's it's going for easy jokes. This is a really smart funny yeah. amazing visual effects for the, for the time some of the stuff they pull off with practical effects yeah. so much fun but yes no great pick with yeah you've got the Merman is the mother-in-law that's right it's, yeah. it's right there they're getting to where the, it's yeah. the, the big W and if and what you gr- out there are still uh, playing the Kevin Bacon game uh, if, if you ever want to connect any movie in the 60s man this is your gold oh, mine oh, yeah. this, this can yeah. get I was just going to say right the, because of the cast I mean you got what Sid Caesar Buddy Hackett Mickey yeah. Rooney Yes. Everybody's in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, Phil yeah. Silvers. I mean, geez. Phil Silvers. You got. You even got a Jerry Lewis in a very quick cameo appearance, driving over a hat. I mean, oh yes, uh, Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters knocking yes. down the house. Yes. Oh my god. Excellent pick. Excellent pick. Nice. Okay. So yeah, you leave me. All right. You left me some space. So I, I've got my last one. Um, 
I guess I should say impressing the to be in laws is is my mm. theme for all three of my movies because there none of them are married. But this is my my final pick is one that uh, I think went under the radar. Um, some people maybe that are really into movies may have heard about it because it did get a lot of uh, some critical raves about it. But it's just a really solid film that. Uh, from the cast, you might think it was going to be a comedy, but it is a lot heavier than it is, and that is The Big Sick. Have it, either of you oh, seen The yes. Big Sick? Yes. yes. Oh, man. That's a great yeah. pick. Because uh, it's Ray so, Romano. That's awesome. Yeah. Ray yes. Romano. I mean, oh, that's, Hunter. Oh, man. That's Everybody so much. The Come second on. half of that movie is yeah. Girlfriend's in the Coma, and he's dealing with the in-laws. And, it, you know, it's the they think he's garbage because they broke their little girl he broke their little girl's heart and he's trying to redeem that relationship throughout the the second half of that movie and it's just the the scenes so many great scenes with them and it's one that if you have not seen go find this movie it's going to make you laugh it's going to make you cry you're going to have a great time with it that's my final pick the big and what a great i just want to add you know one of the one of the nicest and it's not too contrived even though it could have been one of the great scenes in that movie is is when the the parents go to watch him perform oh yes and he gets heckled and the turn that goes from okay no i'm going to defend him even though we don't like him because because now he's ours right (laughs) yes right yeah and that and it's just a fantastic moment about you know if you could just look at everyone like that it would be a much better world but Anyway, I digress. That's a great pick. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I mean, the the, the even better thing is that it's based on the true story of oh, yeah. Kamal Nujani and his his wife. His yeah, that it's their story, and I mean, of course, a fictionalized account, but rooted in truth, which is makes it even more bizarre. Of like how this is what happens. Uh, oh, amazing. absolutely. Yes. No, totally. All right. Um, okay, so here, so I'm going to conclude my. My uh, tour of the Asia Pacific countries. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to go to Taiwan and I'm going to pick this is from 1994 Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Oh. Ah, nice. Now, the reason why okay. I picked this, well, one, not just because, well, because yes, it does complete the Asian theme I had there, <laughs> but it's also kind of got a twist because it's about this um, this former chef, Mr. Chu. He's a widower. He's got his three daughters and it's kind of following their experiences with men and, and the experiences of kind of seeing what their father's approval would be like. So it's kind of reversed. And then there is a twist at the end where, well, it's the whole in-law dynamic, but it's reversed because it turns out that he has a significant other that the daughters don't know about. Hilarity ensues. It's it's actually a great movie. And it's if you're a if you're a fan of food in cinema, this is one of the greatest movies to see because the close-ups and the and the shots of of the food and the preparation of it and the art and the care, it's just absolutely fantastic. So not I said there were two threads. One was the Asian thread. You know what the other thread was? All of these movies, interesting connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. He's bringing A game to this list. Yeah. So, okay. so, no, I know Ming-Na. So, so Ming-Na won his Joy Luck Club. Okay. Uh, Belinda May. So we've got her. Mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Asians. You've got Gemma Chan. Oh, Gemma Chan. That's right. You've got Michelle Yeoh. Uh, yeah. And, but the, the big one, you the score of Crazy Rich Asians is composed by Brian Tyler. Oh. who was the composer of Iron Man 3 and Avengers Age of Ultron. And of course, I'm just going to give him a shout out because he also did Bubba Hotep, which is just a spectacular <laughs> yes. nice. soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and then Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, that was directed by Ang Lee. 
Oh, which is a little okay. bit of a yeah, cross, it's, it's, but it gets, it gets there. Ah, it's close. Well, I even wow. tied it back into the Hulk. Man. Yes, I did. Did you notice synergy? Well, wow. you know, I thought this would all. I don't know if you're. I don't know if the people who are listening are familiar with this, but we actually uh, we co-host Kyle a, a podcast called the Marvel Movie Minute. Have we, we talked about it? Have we talked about it in this episode? I'm just curious. Okay, never mind. All right, sir. I'm out. So, I'm out. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Bring us home. Right, what so you got? I'm bringing this home. I'm bringing this home. And I'm bringing it literally back home because it's to my old stomping grounds, the place where I was born, Sweet Home Chicago. Uh, because I, I took the, the, I realized that when you say impressing the in-laws, it doesn't necessarily have to mean uh, father-in-law, mother-in-law. So uh, when a uh, family crisis happens and mom and dad have to go out of town, uh, they have to call in uh, their ne'er-do-well brother to come in uh, and help take care of the kids. And of course, I'm referring to a film from one of the greatest people to ever come out of Chicago, Mr. John Hughes, a little film called Uncle Buck. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Because he's the brother-in-law, and he does impress them by the end of it. Technically, you are correct. Yep. Gosh. Okay. Yes. Speechless. Yes, we are, that's okay. I got nothing. No, wow. That's yeah. That's all yep. solid. That yep. works. Okay. I, I did the math. It checks you, out. You did the math. <laughs> check out. He's got the family tree to back it up. All right. The yep. genealogy holds up. Yep. All right. So okay. So for next week, this is the challenge. They're doing do, a movie. Oh, do we need to do our alternate picks? The ones. We oh did yeah, it? sure. Yeah, if you've got. I mean, because do, do I've heard. I've, I, well, here I can tell you, I stayed away from Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers because I figured that, I figured everybody was going to do that. <laughs> but that, no, yeah. and that, Rob's and like law. Rob's like I'm going to go all you know esoteric, uh-huh. artistic over here. And <laughs> now that I know that, I would have easily taken those for my list. Any yeah, any other picks you guys had? Come on, what's, Rob, what's another Asian, you know, Marvel connected <laughs> movie, Rob? Come well, on. Rob did mention Monster in Law when we were first talking about this. Yeah, I, was like, like, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> a little bit, a little, oh, we've overdosed on Grace and Frankie, you know, yes. from time to time okay. here on Netflix. So go. that's that, that was, that came to mind, but that, yeah, that was it. Uh, my two uh, uh, alternates that I had uh, were about uh, two. Uh, a very revered Oscar winners uh, and also a Star Trek alumni. Uh, a little film called Out to Sea, starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, who they play brothers-in-law. Oh. Uh, and then my last one, if it really came down to it, was uh, back in 1993, uh, the the hottest comedy star was about to jump ship, and Jeffrey Katzenberg said, "No, I will pay you an obscene amount of money to come make a movie for us." And it happened, and thus the world was granted Pauly Shore in son-in-law. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Yet another thing to rack up in Jeffrey Katzenberg's great accomplishments Ooh, at Disney. That's a that's a movie that got made. It, it is. It is. It's, it actually is. It's actors. Yeah, there's actors and films. Yes. Yes. And there's credits. Actual, I mean, actual film that got processed and developed. Yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> okay. When does that come to Disney Plus? That's what I don't know. Gosh. That's in Walt's dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> You have to you have to put the code in to get into the closet, and then there's another code, and you go through a trap door, and you're in the dumpster. In the dumpster. Like, is that the Eisenberg dumpster? Yeah. I, all right, so so next week, so this is the challenge. This is this is the hole they have dug everybody into because they're doing movies and their remakes, and so hmm, they're doing okay. the Birdcage. Oh. So as I listened to you know last week's episode, yeah. they sort of already touched on the Birdcage a little bit, and I thought you're leaving us scraps, you're leaving us nothing here. But we we've got 
we can come up with something, I'm sure. I mean, we've got, you know, birds, we've got cages, we've got buddies, maybe. Um, I don't know. What there's there's been a bunch of uh, of there's there's a, a a huge swath in like the late nineties of like French films being remade. That's their whole. That? That's their whole series. Oh, that's the whole series. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, what are I mean, talking about? Like, like. Uh, yes, this is um, Nikita and stuff. I mean, oh no, it, no, it's uh, oh. I was, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh like, no, it's you know. no, it's an actual French filmmaker that they're doing all his movies and remakes. Oh, English well, so, yeah. remakes. I'm, talk, I'm a, talking about like I, Luc Besson oh, over here. Oh yeah, well, it's Francis Weber is the oh. series. He wrote uh, La Caja Fold that got made into the Birdcage. He did mm-hmm. another one that was it was um, made into Dinner for Schmucks. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think it was like Dinner for Idiots or something like that. They got made into yeah Dinner for Schmucks or something. And I don't know what the other one, because I don't have that spreadsheet. So, French, I mean, we could do French movies and American remakes of them, sure, because this is Francis Weber, and as long as we stay away from his work. Okay, Rob, did you, you had something out there. Did, did, you, did you have a, an idea you were, you were pitching? Or am so I, it is, no, like, why, I'm still confused about I had Because huh? I had, th- okay, I just wrote three down. Kyle, you gave me the idea for the first one. Movies yeah. where robots eating pizza fall in love. <laughs> okay. The second one was Elvis's eating pizza fall in love. Okay. And then the sure. third one was pizzas eating Elvis's who fall in love. There's a theme here. Let me see if I can get one of this. Is it falling in love? It's falling in love with pizzas and eating them. Uh, oh, I, uh, how about... Uh, well, forget, we, we forget Elvis. No, on the Elvis thing is not bad. Like, movies where Elvis makes an appearance. It doesn't have to be an Elvis. But like, is Elvis, not, is Elvis in, not a star. Is Elvis in the birdcage? Because it's got to... We got to connect this to oh, the birdcage. Oh, it has to tie it into the See, this is like I got lost. Yes. Oh, Gene Hackman. Just pull just something Gene with Gene Hackman. Hackman. No, no. So the idea with the list is what, whatever movie that they're going to be... The, the episode that drops next week, the list is based on... Some theme that connects that, so that's why often I go to my and now an hour and Steve trying yes. to explain to us the rules. What is still not getting no. it? It's, can we can we talk about robots? Sure, we can talk about robots, but the list is uh, you know what basically. Hey, if you like this movie, here's some things. French robots, some, something that on a related topic. So, for okay, example, if you liked La Caja Full and you like that yes. aspect of impressing the in-laws, then clearly you know Rob's Marvel Asian food themed <laughs> list is you know something that somebody <laughs> might enjoy. Quite appetizing. Exactly, because the French love their cuisine. The French do love their cuisine. Oh, um, movies with. So we're talking scenes? about the. So we're talking about the bird cage. You know, Robin. Oh, di- uncomfortable dinners. Oh. Uncomfortable dinners. Oh, I like okay. that. Oh, good. Yeah. Comfortable dinners. That's there one. you go. Okay, uncomfortable no, dinners. Three, Rob. Oh, yeah, we come up with one. three. Well, or we go with French movies. That one's going to win. French movies remade into American movies. But terrible ones. There, there's that, that one. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, heck, it, it's not as bad as the, the barrel list that, that Pete and I came up with, with people hiding in barrels, and that was... Uh, that was. So, again, I was going to say Jaws. No, it was not hiding in barrels. No, people hiding about. in barrels. We thought, yeah, that'll be a great list. Yeah. And, and somebody challenged us to not use any Hobbit movies. So, oh. yeah, exactly. That just took out everybody's list, but I, I love yeah. the uncomfortable dinners. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We'll just give that. Also fits into your theme, Rob. Yes, yeah, I like that. So, so okay, Definitely. all right. So there is a tradition on Satmat and the list where 
Pete was always supposed to have an uh, have a Woody Allen movie on his list because he's such a Woody Allen fan, and there were numer- there were numerous opportunities for him to have Woody Allen movies. And, and Andy and I would always be like, "Okay, we'll stay away from that." And then Pete would finish his list, and we're like, "Dude, Purple Rose of Cairo or Shadows and Fog," <laughs> and he's like, "Ah," and we're like, "You're the Woody Allen dude." So I'm just saying, Rob, every time you bring a list, there's got to be a food related movie on your list. That's the thing we're going to expect from you on Sat Matt is. Not the whole list, possibly, but just at least one. There's going to have to be a connection to food. I'm just saying. Uh, we, we, I can do that. We, we like to I add some that. rules to these things. There we go. Okay. I got that. All right. So for our birdcage list, bird list, we've got uncomfortable dinners. Uncomfortable dinners. Okay, yeah, that's the first one. That's, um, how long has it been since you guys seen the birdcage? You. It's been a while. Yeah. I've seen clips of it, too. Uh, I, there was a... Uh, uh, montage thing I just I just saw of Hank Azaria talking about his roles and so he talked a lot about how he came up with the voice uh, for uh, for his character in uh, Birdcage Esteban Esteban I'm trying to remember what his character's name was but oh that's, so that, mo- it, that's, they showed a bunch of clips from it that reminded me of that so movies with characters with a unique speech oh impediment? there you go speech impediments or accent well dialect 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 oh how about how about yeah either or either terrible accents oh we could just go with terrible accents yes yeah okay. people just trying really hard and just failing yes all right i'd like three movies just came to mind instantly but i don't want to give them away that's right make it harder for those guys all right so we need one more or we go, or, or we just stick with the French movies that were remade in, uh, as you know, American yeah. remakes of French movies. Do we want to define a genre, like to say French action movies, just to make it harder for them? Because it is the series that they're doing. Oh, we could do French. Okay, American remakes was, of there, French. Was enough of them. American remakes. Like at least nine. I don't know if there have been nine. Eh, well, so that, that it, might it, be that, harder. You know what? American remakes of French action, French movies, and then I'll put action in parentheses, and then they can. They can decide how much they want to stick with that. And, of course, like Andy is the one that posts the list, so, oh, so he, he, might he edit can it edit it. Although, I believe, and I think he, I think he's up next week, so he may do a, he, that'll be uh, at his discretion. Yeah, so it's going to be Andy, Ray, and Tommy will be dealing with these lists, so they can have a discussion. Of course, it's all up to our, our, our uh, you know, Listeners, viewers, what do we call them? Our, our supporters that are there in in Discord that get to vote on on these lists because you know. So our our, our patrons are the most important, and our Discord people are right underneath that, <laughs> and then the quiet listeners. Yes, the, the, and then the casual, the quiet ones. But if you want to vote in next week's list challenge, it's you just head over to the Show Talk channel in the Next Real Discord community. And you can lend your vote to the chaos, and you can movie sabotage it each week. I used to do that if it was getting close and I didn't like the way it was going because the old way the lists were done, you could vote for each of the options. And so I would hedge my bets. And then if it was a tie, then I could just deselect one. The new poll does not allow for that. You get one pick and one pick only. And I'm totally kidding. I love all the listeners equally. (laughs) So maybe patrons a little bit more. Yeah, I... But uh, you're the firstborns. Right. Yes. And so to become a patron, they can go to patreon.com slash... The next reel. I would say nextreel.com slash Patreon. Or nextreel.com slash Patreon and become a and supporter. The link is right there. It's, It'll get you it's right there. They can become a supporter for $5 a month. You get to be the concessionaire supporter and get access to live streams that we record, early access in your very own personal podcast feed there through Patreon, and access to super secret member channels in our next reel Discord. 
So yeah. one last push for Marvel Movie Minute, yes. which is the podcast Robin yeah. and I have. Uh, so we have a, uh, this, this here's a little here's inside baseball. So for those of you who are not huge Marvel fans, not huge Hulk fans, but are our podcast fans, uh, there's a, we have an ongoing yeah. challenge uh, on the show. It's it's a very quiet challenge, but uh, we have a certain amount of housekeeping that has to be done at the end of every episode. We want to tell people about our Patreon. We want to tell people about our merch. Uh, but our thing is, over 113 episodes we're going to do, we don't want to ever repeat a commercial. So every time we talk about one of those things, we do it in a new way. Oh. And boy, are we running out of ideas. So... <laughs> As you get down into the high, high numbers and in the triple digits, we're really having a hard time coming up with stuff. So watch us sweat as we try on the fly to come up with a new way to tell you about all the wonderful things over at Next Reel. You know, because you can only do so many, hey, Kyle, do you like pillows? I do. Do you know a place I can buy them with my face on them? Do you? Yeah, I, I do like pillows with both our faces on them because then that way. Oh you, my gosh, that would be so much better. Because when my wife uses it, she <laughs> likes to lay on your head and look at if mine. If I went to a website yes. like slash merch, would I be able to buy something like that? Yes, you can. I love yes. it. See, we just burned one. What you did? You, you, you did. That was, you, we just call that the pillow talk ad. I love <laughs> it. There's tons of merch over there with your faces on it, the pillows. The yes. latest thing is the masks. So, right. that, you know, as we say, if you are bold, so bold enough to buy the, you know, uh, patient zero one with the biohazard symbol on it, feel free to do that. But there's all kinds you of great buy a merch. Mask with our faces yes. on it, it's guaranteed oh, or, to keep people at least you know six what? feet away. You know, if, if, you, if, you are, if you are, you know, sheltered in place, staying at home all alone, get yourself a pillow with Rob and Kyle on it and you can snuggle with them and you will not feel alone. And you can get that over at the next slash merch. That's right. If you buy a mask, that means your lips <laughs> will be very close to us all day kiss long. Kiss me and I'll kiss you back. <laughs> right now, I should just go, bye. And and should drop. <laughs> oh, we could do that. Bring us home, Steve. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, don't, I no, can no, say no, no, it's no. been a pleasure having you guys, you know, this first time of many uh, on the set, Matt, and contributing to the list and just bringing great trailers and news to talk about. And, you know, talk, I, I am not, I have to say, my podcast list is is pretty packed with lots of stuff, but I am making a calendar appointment for, for minute 46 here to find out the craziness oh, yeah. that's going on because oh, yeah. the, you know, I, I can't wait to see knowing what you guys brought to this show. I can't wait to see what happens <laughs> in minute 46 when that one drops over there. So, you know, hopefully any of our sat mat listeners that do not, did not know about Marvel movie minute may have heard you guys mention it like once. So I want to make sure they know that there is a thing called the Marvel movie minute and you guys are breaking down a movie minute by minute talking about it. What'd you say about 15 minutes talking about one minute over 2000 minutes Roughly, of content right, you're right, going right. to be creating. So it's not, it's not the Saturday matinee where it's a, it's a marathon of your patience. Right. Uh, no, and our it's, voices. it's a quick, no, we're, it's 15, quick, bites. quick bites. And yeah. So something that's uh Oh, you know what? It's, it's hilarious that you brought up quick bites because it's something that we did Ooh. not have in our news. Cause we often mock the quibby that's out there. <laughs> And so in place of Quibi, you can get your quick bites of Marvel Movie Minute. That's right. 15 minutes and at a time. It's free. But if you want to get it early, you can become a Patreon. A patron at Patreon. Patreon. Is that how it goes? Patreon. At, a patron at patreon.com slash And uh, Rob, uh, where, where would they go to find out more about that? I believe it's the nextreel.com slash Patreon. 
I mean, we did, why don't we just talk about the next real and Marvel movie oh, minute yes, executive Marvel lounge minute, next real on podcast Facebook? Executive lounge. We have only on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash the next real. I know all about it. I hang out there. We actually have some really, really cool fans who are, are listening really closely and picking up stuff that we say and that stuff we missed. It's it's super fun. All right. it really well, is. we've got a lot of places for them to go, and that's what we want to do here at the Satman is tell you about all the cool stuff going on with the next reel, the ways that you can support us. So this is the hub, baby. This is the hub of all things next reel. And so we want to thank you for sharing your Saturday with us, Rob, Kyle. It's almost lunchtime. Our pleasure. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.